Let's read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 tonight. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. This is God's word for us tonight. I had a history professor in college, Dr. Rice, who was very, very gracious in class. Part of his teaching style was to ask lots of questions of particular students. And just like in any class, sometimes students, when directly, individually asked a question, sometimes they'd come up with good answers, and sometimes they would come up with really terrible answers. Maybe they just panicked in the moment. Maybe they were unprepared. Maybe they just hadn't understood. But they could come up with the most crazy out there answers, and Dr. Rice could find the good in it. No matter how far off the answer was, he could sort of think about it for a second, take a little bit of a breath, and then he'd say, you know, that's a really interesting way of looking at it. I don't know if I've ever thought of it quite that way before. So what you're saying is this, and I, I, I see that, but then if we add these other factors in and we add these things and we, we see it, this big picture of what you showed us a very real part, it might actually be more the case that it's that, which might be almost exactly the opposite of what someone said. <clears throat> He was very, very gracious. Paul, in these verses, is being very, very gracious. Paul is not always like that, but he is being really gracious in this section that we read for tonight. Most of Paul's letters have a Thanksgiving section early on, and this verse, these verses is the Thanksgiving section for the Corinthian church. And if you've ever read the rest of 1 Corinthians, and if you've read 2 Corinthians, you may wonder, and it's a very good question, how in the world could Paul manage to give thanks for that church? The Corinthians caused Paul all kinds of headaches. They were really difficult people. They fought each other all the time. They thought they were perfect, and they sinned extravagantly. They were really proud of how great they were as believers, but they didn't actually want to do anything that would in, enable them to grow as disciples. The Corinthian church was a pretty terrible church in many, many respects. And yet, even for that terrible church, we see Paul giving thanks. And what he gives thanks for in this section is mostly the work of God among his people. And as we think about the church tonight, that's a good focus for us to have too, not on who we are or how great we are, but on the great work that God does among his people. So tonight, even as we talk about the church, our focus is going to be on God's work. And there's a lot of different things we could talk about. Tonight, I'm going to focus on how God gathers, gifts, and guards his people. So first, the church is God's gathered people. God calls us into the church. Picture, if you would, a sports team getting ready for practice. People are getting ready. They're getting their gear set up. And then one person shows up with a lacrosse stick, hockey skates, a basketball, a baseball mitt, and a football helmet, and a spare tire for their bike. 
lacrosse stick, hockey skates, basketball, baseball glove, football helmet, and spare tire for a bike. I think I got the whole list there. And you look at this person and you'd say, what are they thinking? I mean, you maybe could play some kind of game with all that stuff, but I don't even know what it'd be. It just looks like a bunch of random stuff thrown together, right? Its only connection is that it's all in the same place. Well, when we look at the church, sometimes it can feel like we're just a random collection of people all thrown into one place, right? But that's not what the church is. The church isn't just a bunch of random parts thrown together haphazardly. The church isn't just a hodgepodge of people who happen to get together every now and then. The church isn't just made up of all of us as a bunch of individuals who are all on our own personal faith journeys. We aren't just a random collection of people who are all saved, headed for heaven, and so we hang out sometimes. The church is the people that God has called and gathered together. God calls us into fellowship with him, and that also means he calls us into fellowship with the body of Christ, with each other. By God's grace, we have been called together. There are several places in the Bible, especially in the letters of Paul, where it talks about the church as a body. And in a body, all the parts fit together. The church is not just a random collection, a conglomeration of individual units. The church is a unified body called together by God. God has called each of us together into this group of wonderful and frustrating and saved and still sinful people. The church isn't really a voluntary organization. It's not really something that we make or that we create or that we bring together. The church is God's gathered people. God calls us. God gathers us in. The church is the place where God calls and gathers his people. And second for tonight, the church is also God's gifted people. God graciously gives us all the gifts that we need. Now, of course, the greatest gift that God gives us is himself in Christ Jesus. The gift of our Savior Jesus is the defining mark of each of us individually, and it's also the defining mark of the church. It is the people who belong to Christ. Jesus is, or at least he should be, at the center of the church. In Jesus, all God's promises are yes for us. In Jesus, God gives us all things. And one of the things that God gives us is what the Bible often talks about is spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. These are particular blessings, particular abilities that members of the body of Christ have. In different places, the Bible talks about all kinds of things. Teaching, preaching, service, mercy, administration, evangelism, all kinds of things. But here at the beginning of 1 Corinthians, the Bible emphasizes that the church will not lack any spiritual gift that it needs until Jesus comes back. God provides the church with all the spiritual gifts we need. That creates space for gratitude, for service, but it creates no space for pride. The Corinthians that Paul was writing to were very, very proud of themselves. They were proud of their abilities. They seemed to have been a very gifted bunch, but they also seemed to have spent a lot of time bragging about how wonderful each of them were and jockeying for position and celebrating their own individual spiritual achievements. 
And instead, they should have been celebrating the gifts that God had so graciously given them. From Paul's perspective, the Corinthians look like a leg running around by itself saying, hey, look at how great I am. Or an ear saying, I'm not like the rest of them. I'm better than that. Or an eye declaring itself to be self-sufficient. But that's not how the parts of the body work. When the parts of the body are separated from each other, they die. And that's how it is spiritually with the church. God gathers his people together and he gifts us to work together and to truly be together. God provides his people with all kinds of gifts, not so we can be self-sufficient or puffed up with pride, but so that we can work to serve the Lord and so that we can work to build each other up. And that means regardless of your particular mix of personality traits, of abilities, of interests, that you, every single one of us, has a part to play. Some of us might not be quite so clear on what our gifts are all the time, but all of us have been gifted by God himself to be part of this body. The church needs you because God has graciously gathered you here and because God has graciously gifted you with something to build up the body. And all of these spiritual gifts, all these abilities we have exist so that we together can grow closer to Christ. God gives us all the gifts we need to grow closer to him. And third and finally for tonight, God guards us. God faithfully sustains his people, the church. The Lord saves, protects, and preserves his church. And that is a really, really good thing. If we humans were responsible to keep this show going, the church would fall apart. Maybe you remember when you were first learning to ride a bike without training wheels, and it's hard. You don't have that inbuilt sense of balance that you need, so you're always tipping one direction or the other. And often, if you're learning to ride a bike, what you need is a parent to kind of hold the seat or hold your handlebars and run along with you and keep correcting your balance all the time so that you don't tip and fall. And God does that for his church. By ourselves, we're always tipping one direction or the other. We, we get caught up in silly or trivial fights. We lose the plot. We lose the most important things of the faith in light of trivia. We get turned around and we want to head the wrong direction. We get in fights with each other. And all of that is just inside the church. And then you talk about outside the church. And the devil and the world, they hate God and they hate his people and they do all kinds of things. They bring about distractions. The church is persecuted. The church is fought against in so many ways. But God keeps us strong. God guards his people. God protects and preserves us. We should never expect that the church in this life will be perfect because we are not yet made to be perfect people. We just aren't. We shouldn't expect that. But what we should expect is that God will guard his church, that God will keep his church going no matter what forces try to assault it. God sustains his people. And in the end, in the end, God is faithful. God is faithful 
faithful to his church. That is really the point of Paul's thanksgiving section here in 1 Corinthians. God is faithful. God is faithful. He gathers, he gifts, he guards his church. When things are going well or things are going poorly, when things are easy or things are hard, in whatever condition God's people find themselves, God is faithful. And that's where I want us to end tonight, just as Paul ends his Thanksgiving section there. God is faithful. And for that, we can be truly, truly grateful. Amen.